I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K-I-N-D-P-H-A-R-M-S-I-N-C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have an awesome episode with an amazing actress, an academic, a writer, a filmmaker, Georgie Henley. You know her from Disney's Narnia films, and right now she's starring in Starz's The Spanish Princess as Meg Tudor. She got started in the business so young and is so honest about her journey in discovering what it means to be filmmaking and then discovering theater and now where she is and what she's doing on the show and all the amazing things she has in the future. I love you, Georgie. Here it is. Georgie Henley, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so much better now. I'm talking to you. It's such a pleasure to have you on. I'm such a big fan of yours. I mean, I feel like I I, I got to watch you grow up through cinema, which is such a (laughs) rare thing to to be able to get in this life. And that must have been so cool, you know, getting a role, you know, Narnia so young and, and growing up in those films it was a, yeah. a, a trilogy, right? I mean, a trilogy, yeah. yeah. So I I started so young. I think I auditioned, my first audition, I was seven. Well, um, I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I could, like, have the confidence to talk on my crush in kindergarten and when I was seven, <laughs> let alone major, to Me get neither. a major. <laughs> I don't even think that I was, like, a, I don't know. I, I, I do think I was quite an introverted child in some ways, but... But yeah, when I meet other seven-year-olds now, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> but um, but so. you're also an academic, you know, going to Cambridge <laughs> and you did your own film, Tide. And, and there's so many other, it's a Spanish princess playing Meg Tudor, you know, I'm a, a, I don't want to say I'm a huge history guy because someone's going to ask me a question and I'm <laughs> not going to get it right, but I've definitely done my history reading. So, but let's start from the beginning. You grew up in the UK, obviously. Yeah, I grew up in the north of the UK, so in Yorkshire, West Yorkshire. So actually was kind of, I mean, actually, I think a lot of young actors, they live in London and that's yeah. how they have their way in because London is kind of the hub of it. But I was out, I, I live 
I live in a small town. It's like Wuthering Heights territory. It's beautiful. Okay. It's very quiet. Super quiet. Um, what, you, what are your parents artists? No. Uh, well, yeah, maybe in their spare time. Um, <laughs> my dad is my dad is a lawyer. My mom was a history teacher. Um, she now does uh, works in like property. Um, so yeah, no real kind of art connection with the family. But my dad is an amazing musician. My dad. Oh, so definitely an artist. Yeah. So he taught himself the guitar when he was tiny. And like, so music's always been a big deal in our household. Um, Did did you play? uh, A little bit. Not, I mean, nothing (laughs) to brag about. Nothing that I would ever show anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe one day at karaoke, I'll I'll see how you do. Karaoke, a hundred percent. I am a karaoke machine, a hundred percent. And you have a few siblings, right? Yeah, I have two older sisters and my oldest sister, Rachel, is an actress and she played the older version of me at the end of the first Narnia movie because we, wow. we, we do look very similar. And she she turned up on set like two months in when my family came to visit me for the first time and the producers were just like, uh, Eureka, can you come <laughs> to We've been in America looking yeah. for this girl and we didn't even think yeah. to look at home. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and then my my other sister, she works for the civil servants here in the here in the UK. So, but I think she has the best comic timing out of all of us. It's funny because she's the one who is an actress. She's yeah, amazing timing. So then, talk to me. How did you know? Like, obviously, you know, I I'm I'm an actor as well. And when I was younger, I got involved in like I don't know. I guess you would call it children's theater. Were you doing the same thing? Yeah. So I we have. We have a we had a um like a theater group in my town called Upstages and you had the barn. It all happened in this amazing converted like barn, but it was called the barn. And wow. I used to go every every week just after school. And that was kind of my that was my safe place. That was my happy place. I also didn't have like the easiest time at school. I didn't really fit in massively. So yeah. for me it was it was really awesome to like be with the theater kids and like just so you, play. you 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 connected with them more than you did with the For people sure. at your school yeah and i also think that even just like um it really is just playing at that age when you're that yeah. little you're just like learning about improvising and that's a funny little game and it's yeah it's it's a lot of games and um and i was just obsessed with it and my sis my older sister she did acting singing and dancing so I wanted to do acting singing and dancing so it was kind of yeah but that was that was really it just and then and then we one day the casting director for Narnia they were looking like all over the world they were looking all over the UK and I'm curious you know at this point you know being you at this point you're like what five six seven yeah seven seven. so had, had you read the books at this point did you know of that yeah, so we, we when I was six, the book that we had studied in class had been The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Same. That right. was what I yeah. did when I was six, too. Yeah. yeah. And that was the thing where you would all sit around in a circle. And, and the librarian would read? Yeah. Yeah. And then- <laughs> well, yeah. So, and then I, and then I, when, when I actually got the job, they gave, um, they gave us they gave us iPods as like a it was like a welcome gift, which was so sweet. And they put the other books, the audio books, on the uh, iPods. So I listened to them. But apart from that, yeah, I'd I'd read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Um 
Yeah. How is that transition to go from, you know, being in this like cool theater school or, you know, after school program to then booking probably, you know, like the equivalent of Disney's Lord of the Rings, you know? It's, I mean, I didn't even know what I was auditioning for to begin with. I thought it was for like a pantomime, which is this thing we have in the UK. It's like, it happens every Christmas. It's like people dress up and it's a weird, it's a weird show that we have in the UK. I didn't even know what it was. They had a fake name for it. I just had to sit and talk about what I'd had for breakfast. Yeah. What book I was reading. And then a few other questions. And then one of the questions they asked us was, uh, if you were stuck on a desert island with all your family, which family member would you eat first? And I was the only person who they said the reason that they gave me a callback was because when they asked me what book I was reading, I started talking about the book and I looked really sad. Like I, I, I was talking about how sad the book was and I looked sad. Yeah. And then when they asked the desert island question, I was the only person who described how I would eat my sister. I literally, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, my sister, and this is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> wow. I didn't know Disney was that brutal. I love it. Okay. <laughs> like, it was this weird kid. Like we should, we should keep her around a little bit longer. Um, and it was a year and a half of auditions. It was a just year. Call, and a half. Just call back, call back, test, call, call back. Sometimes you wouldn't hear for like. I think there was one one gap between auditions where it was six months, wow. and I just got on with my life because it it really. I, I don't think we had any idea of how big it was until a year in. They said, this is a movie. It's going to be shooting in Canada for four months. Wow. And my mum and dad were like, no, we don't. Yeah, because you're going to miss school. Yeah, going to miss yeah. school. They have two other kids. They're like, no. And um, and the producers and the director kind of had to convince my parents to keep me in because the process, because at that point, I think they really, you know, were interested in me. And then my sisters were the people who said to my parents, like, this is really cool. Why aren't you letting her do this? And we'll yeah. be fine. And like, you know, just go for it and see what happens. And then it didn't end up being four months in Canada. It ended up being seven months in New Zealand. Oh, really? <laughs> so it was kind of like Lord of the yeah. Rings. Literally. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, and so, and so it just, so it just happened. And it was wow. honestly just the, it, it, and I, and I even remember getting the phone call. It was, I was getting ready for school in the morning and it really, when I tell the story, it really feels like it is one of those fairy tale stories. It's so, yeah, it's just crazy. So even right now to this day, can you remember the moment where you were like, it's, uh, it's a go. Like it was was a minute ago. Absolutely. And And I, I like remember where I was. I was in my kitchen. I just finished breakfast. I was in my like favorite dressing gown. Um, they called me, it was our casting director, Pippa Hall, um, two of our producers and Andrew Adamson, our director, and they were all on the call and they told me, and I just ran up and down my stairs for like 10 minutes. Just wow. like up and down. Up it and was down. like the best Christmas in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and then went to school and was like, uh, guys, I'm going to be in a film. <laughs> oh, you, you, you could tell them at that point. I could tell, well, I don't yeah. know if I could tell them, but I did. I was yeah. just like, I didn't know how it worked. And that's yeah. the thing is that, And I still think about this now, like, it's funny how you said, you know, how did you find that transition? I didn't even know. I mean, they were incredible. When we first got out there, we had so much rehearsal time. We have like a month of rehearsal time. Wow. Um, And we would, 
play games and eat dinner together every night. And they were so invested in the chemistry of us kids and we all got on so well and all the parents and all that kind of stuff. But on the first day of shooting, I didn't even know not to look in the camera. The first thing I did was look straight in the camera. I could not understand anything about this, this world and how it works. And then about two hours in, and the first scene that we shot was it's when we're on the train. It's when we've just been evacuated because another amazing thing they did was try and shoot as chronologically as possible. So oh, the really? kids could go on the journey of our characters. Which is That's so rare and amazing. So rare. And yeah. especially when it comes down to things like budget and location, all that kind of stuff. It was incredible. But um, I started crying about two hours in to my mom. And my mom was like, what is it? What is it? And I said, I keep getting it wrong, don't I? That's why they keep doing so many takes and they keep moving the camera around because I keep getting it wrong. And the director had to come over to me and explain, okay, there are these things called takes. And then we have shots and we have to do lots of different shots of the scene. And then we cut it together. Like I did not understand anything and learned everything just doing it, just doing it. You went to a world-class film school at seven years old. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Eight years old and just, and, and just, I mean, it's actually been such something, a lesson that I returned to so much since then. Yeah. Like it's so brilliant to be porous, to like be learning all the time. Like you never know. There's nothing bad about asking questions. There's nothing yeah. bad about not knowing because everything I know, I know from asking those questions and just being like, I don't understand this. How does this work? Totally. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, such a, baptism of fire it was wow <laughs> and, and great band name um <laughs> i'm curious though like during this like transition period from being in theater school and going to school to then moving to new zealand did you know at that point that you had signed on for two other films or no, was it no no, no. Wow. I, I think that i mean i just also when I think about how studio filmmaking has moved on since then, because we're talking about like 2004. Before, before the, it was the norm. Yeah. before yeah. I think before there was an idea of optioning. Yeah. So if you're working with a kid, you don't know, you don't really know what's going to happen. I yeah. mean, you don't know how they're going to, you know, grow up or anything like that. So, so yeah, sometimes people get recast, you know, exactly. unfortunately. Yeah. So I... And also they kept it a massive secret in terms of the press and everything. I remember there was one day about a couple of months in where we had the New Zealand prime minister come to set. And then it was wow. a big deal that we were filming in New Zealand, motorbike. We were filming oh, in New Zealand um, and the film was being made and we were the kids and that was what was happening. But we were also just so protected. Yeah. And I don't think there was ever an idea of, well, I certainly was never aware this is a blockbuster franchise. Those yeah. two words didn't mean anything to me. And I think that that's brilliant because if I had got that job now, the amount of pressure that I would be putting on myself to do a job, like, I mean, you know what it's like. It's like totally. a lot of the time you freak yourself out. It's all psyched out. And, the and let you get it, the job, you start worrying. Oh, <laughs> so and then, especially when you know it's all going to be on a green screen and yeah. it's all going to be in post, you know, yeah. like you could literally use the childlike wonder and imagination that yeah. you had. That's and amazing. everything was like, 
I think another amazing thing was that so much of it was practical filmmaking. We did use green screen, but nothing like the extent that it's used now. So many of our sets were real sets. Oh, so it's practical. So much of it practical. They built out, like they had a, a warehouse, which was like a mile and a half. And they just, they just dug it up and put a forest in there. Oh my and, God. Yeah. And they, I just don't think movies are really made like that now. No. And this was also the first movie we filmed before everything became digital as well. So. Oh, you shot film? Shot film, I think. Yeah. Cause yeah. I remember, um, I think it was the second movie. I think it was Prince Caspian. That's when. Um, yeah, the digital cameras were coming in. Oh, got um, it. And there was, there, so it's, it's, it, I think it exists as, when I do think about it in this way, I feel like it exists as kind of a little time capsule just before the cusp yeah. of a real shift of how we make movies now, those kinds of movies. Yeah. Um, and yeah. We could obviously talk about these films for way too long. I know. <laughs> God, to, to kind of summarize, you know, a, a very intense experience, talk yeah. to me about just like, you know, as that first one is done and it comes out, do you then go back to school and be with your friends and yeah, this movie yeah. was that was that hard on you? You know, so no, I, I think that the biggest thing for my parents was always it was never that I was gonna like become an actor. It then yeah. became a thing of I'm gonna do these movies and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so for them, it was like, how do we keep things as normal as possible, as grounded as possible. So I went back to school. Um, I I actually had a, a great time for the rest of primary school, which I guess um, I'm trying to think what that means. in Amer- I don't know what you call it in America, but like, because I feel like I was a much more confident kid then and yeah. I was better socially. I struggled when I got to secondary school because people tried to make me feel ashamed of it. Yeah. And at the time I couldn't I wasn't able I like let myself be ashamed but be no, like yeah like getting picked on or something like that. Yeah. Whereas now it was amazing when I went to university because I could look back on it and be like oh I did a really fucking cool thing. Yeah. Like I, I'm a badass motherfucker. And now people say to me wow, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking is. Yeah. Go, on, go on my IMDb. For sure. For sure. That's amazing. But, but I'm so grateful to my parents. I think that I, I very easily could have become a nightmare um, that, with the scope of everything. And I didn't. And that's, I don't think. <laughs> and that's because of my parents. That's um, amazing. And, yeah. and once that whirlwind ended, you know, you shoot three films that are these huge studio blockbusters yeah. and probably have, you know, years of tours and press and junkets and yes. premieres. At that point, you know, how old were you when it was all done? 15. When we did the final junket, I was I was 15. So like over half of my life wow. at that point being spent, you know, making and, the movies. And where was Georgie's head at with acting then? Were you so like exhausted of it or were you still <laughs> enamored by it? I completely enamored, completely wow. enamored. And I think that was the point where I could decide what, where do I want to go with this now? And that yeah. was where I kind of went to LA and got an American agent and all that kind of stuff. And there was definitely a sense of, 
I want to continue on this path. And it was was a no brainer. It was an absolute no brainer. Because once I got a taste, oh, no, 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 no. I was just like, nothing else can fulfill it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most powerful feeling in the world. Yeah, it is. And, and, and obviously academia, you know, was a big part of your life because you went to Cambridge. So was that always a goal for you to go to uni? Yeah, it's, it actually wasn't at all. I always, wanted to just go straight into acting because also I loved it so much and I loved school, but I couldn't make those two fit in my head because I always had to give up one to do the other and, you know, like tutoring and stuff can be really tiring and all that kind of stuff. And then I did a film when I was 16 called Perfect Sisters Mm -hmm. um, with Abigail Breslin and Mira Sorvino. And I, when I met Mira Sorvino, I was just like, you uh, amazing. She yeah. was just so smart, such a talented actress. She was like, she had her kids with her on set and like being a parent whilst doing this really crazy material in this film. And we had dinner once and she, she went to Harvard and she has an Oscar, which to me is like pretty good combo. Yeah. yeah like totally. pretty great. Yeah. And she said like, Georgie, why don't you want to go to university? Like you're really curious about the world and going to university is a time to be curious. And like, yeah, you're smart and it's okay to say I'm smart and you shouldn't be ashamed of that or dumb yourself down. Yeah. And like that's time for you to explore. And, and I came away from that dinner just being like, okay, I guess I'm going to uni then. <laughs> Cause I was wow. just like, yeah, she really, she just, it just clicked. And I was like, I, it was really all down to her. I had and that conversation and yeah. In, in your head with yourself and your team and your parents, when you decided to commit to, to going to university was like, I'm not going to worry about this acting thing. I'm just going to focus on studying or were you still going to kind of keep it open? Well, Cambridge has these really long summer holidays. You get like, ah. four, our terms are very short. So in my head, I was kind of like, I want to, go to uni and make the most of that experience. I don't want to go to uni and then drop out after two months because I get a job. But in my head, I was like, if the right thing comes along and the dates line up, then of course I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And um, I did end up shooting a movie in the summer holiday between my second and third year. And it was music festival one music. Yeah. 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 And that was really funny because we shot some of it at a music festival and I was trying to, research my dissertation at the time so everybody was like around me like listening to the music and I was just like head in a book just like (laughs) I was like stressing out um but I think my parents were really they were really happy that I went to uni and then they were particularly happy that I got into Cambridge which was so crazy yeah what did you study Um, I studied English um and the best thing about Cambridge was the theater scene is so incredible and I had never really done plays I'd never been you know so many people they start in plays and then they yeah. do TV film, but it was the other way around so it was really cool to have that time to like play and you know like put a play together in two weeks and you can fuck up and that's fine or you yeah. can be amazing and that's fine and no one really cares and that's really great and it was just really nice to have that time to just experiment and learn and yeah it's great and, and speaking of experimenting and learning talk to me you know you, you mentioned Georgie on the set looking in the camera like doing live yeah. performance and not having the chance to, to do something like a take was that what was that experience like going from you know having you know takes and being able to play a scene out and take time to like we got one shot to do this live and we can't start over. Was that it? 
It was it was a really big shift. I mean, we when we were doing Narnia, the first couple of films, we we could do takes on takes on takes on takes because yeah. we had time, we had the money. And then and then I did a few independent films, and obviously you get used to having three takes, four takes. So that was like a good period of of um of transition. But I am such a perfectionist, yeah. and it's definitely difficult to have that sense of letting go when you're doing theatre and thinking, okay, it's not going to be perfect and yeah. actually better. Sur- surrendering better. to the unknown. Absolutely. Like, yeah. surrender is the perfect word. And there's so many brilliant things about theatre that you don't get from TV and film and then vice versa. And I think the hardest thing for me was... um I was actually my voice. I was so used to being mic'd. Oh, wow. Actually learning about projection and understanding that you don't have a camera in front of your face. You have to make sure that the person who is sitting at the back of the theater is having as good of a performance as the person who is on the front row. Yeah. Um, And just little things like that, that you can't know until you do it. You can't know. Um, and 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 it made me and it then everything that I learned about theater, I think also helped me be a better film actor, a better totally. It they all, both enriched each other, absolutely, you know. Absolutely. And and so then when you graduated, did did you have that desire to go to London and and do the West End and the old Vic and you yeah. know all I mean, I I moved to London pretty pretty quickly out of graduating uni and that was had always been on the cards and but, you know, it took me, I didn't work. When I left university, I didn't work for a year and a half. Wow. And how yeah. did you, how did you boot, you know, for all the actors listening, you know, having credits and having all that to going to this period of, of, you know, an abstinence of, of yeah. work. What did you do to stay inspired? Because for me, I had been out of the game for a while. Yeah. I had taken those three years. I'd gone to uni and I kind of felt like I had to start from scratch, even though I wasn't. But I can absolutely say what it was. And I know why it didn't work. It was my confidence. My confidence was letting me down. I had, I just didn't feel like I belonged in the industry anymore. I, I felt like I'd taken that time out and that, that um, there was something had dimmed that yeah. my opportunity had now gone. And I, and I metabolized that to the point where I was going into auditions and not nailing them because yeah, you were I, in your head. Because I was, I was in my, so yeah. much in my head, and yeah. I felt I felt a certain amount of pressure because there's also a narrative of you work as a child and then you don't work as an adult. There's that kind of idea that people have. Yeah, and I, and I was so interested in like in in I was so worried about that and like trying to prove. Not creating a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy. Yeah, exactly. And trying yeah. to prove something to other people rather than just focusing on myself. And it, yeah, the thing I did keep inspired, it was, was try and work on that confidence and try and kind of, I mean, watch stuff that inspired me. And, and I'm a writer. I write as well. So try and write and, but it was it was a weird time. It was definitely a weird time. And, sure. and w- would you say your film Tide that you wrote and directed was that pretty much you getting your voice back and your confidence back? 
You know, it's absolutely funny. It was kind of the opposite because I shot that when I was in my second year at, at uni and I did oh. a bunch of friends. Yeah. And it was, it was a really great experience in when we were filming it. And then when it came to the post-production, it kind of, there was some issues behind the scenes and there was, there was, there was some, there was stuff wrong, especially with like um, stuff that we hadn't realized when we were shooting it and all this kind of stuff. And to me, I kind of took it all as a lesson. Yeah. And the biggest lesson to me was I had let myself be told by other people that, that, that I didn't really know what I was talking about. And then oh. I looked at it again and I was like, actually, I did know what I was talking about. Yeah. And it actually that time, which was the post-production process, which yes, which, which was that year and a half when I, when I had just left uni then it was that part of it was me finding my voice because it was me thinking, okay, this didn't turn out exactly how I wanted, but it's also something that I'm really proud of um, in so many ways. And what do I take from that going forward? And for me, the biggest thing going forward was I, I know shit. I know yeah. shit. I've been doing You're badass. Yeah. I mean, it's okay <laughs> to admit that and it's okay to say. And I think that I spent a very long time feeling like if I talked about my experience, then I would it, step on other people's toes. Oh, or red is cocky or arrogant or sure. something. Yeah. Instead of just being like, hey, look, I had this experience. It is what it is. Like, I, I know what works, you know? And I, yeah, what works. And also for me, I think, it was very clear. To, it's always been clear to me very early on that I'm not drawn to things that are hundred percent conventional. I'm always yeah. drawn to things which are a little rough around the edges and do things a little bit differently. And so when I was like, I'm going to direct a short, I wanted to replicate that and do things a little differently. And I'm really excited. I'm at the moment I'm in development for, my next Amazing. show, which is super exciting. And can I you just talk can't... much about it or not yet? No. Okay. Okay. But, I'm yeah. going to have you back then. When yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. Back. yeah. Right. We'll yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's been really great to go into this process, just feeling so at ease with my own voice in those conversations. And in yeah. that sense, that's been a really wonderful realization. And, sure. and and while in that year and a half, would you would you say your creative outlet was being fueled by your writing? Then, like- yeah, it was, and I and I, and a lot of the stuff I was writing wasn't very good. Like when I look back on it now, like it wasn't it wasn't. Yeah, that but we're, good. we're all we all feel that way about ourselves. I'm sure. No, it's no, fun. no. It really wasn't good, but I <laughs> but I had to do it to get to where I'm at now, which is making better stuff. And it was kind of a time of like just feeling stuff out and trying new things. And, and it was all very private. It was all stuff that I wasn't showing other people and it was just for me. And it was yeah. just me being on that journey of, do I want to do stuff like this or do I yeah. want to write stuff like this? And, Oh, I just watched this incredible like uh, movie and now I want to try to do something like that. And yeah. like, Oh no, maybe I don't want to. And just kind of finding my voice and my style and being in a kind of little incubation period, incubation period, totally, which is really useful. So useful. I, I did the same thing. You know, yeah. I took some time off and recalibrated and I, I, I got sober and I came back a new person, but I'm curious, That's you know, huge. That's such uh, a huge, I mean, when you have those moments where you kind of zoom out, 
and you make such a big change in your life. It's really interesting how as actors, you can put yourself and your life on hold yeah. for jobs, for work. And it, and it only makes you a better artist by being more in touch with yourself. Absolutely. And you have to reconnect. And actually, yeah. the lockdown period, I think, for a lot of people has been about reconnection with yeah. the things maybe they've neglected in their life, which isn't work. Um, so then t- t- talk to me. So when, w- what came first, the, the Spanish princess or the, the Game of Thrones thing that didn't end up going? Yeah. So it was um, Spanish princess came first. Okay. We shot the, we shot the first series. Um, I'm in like half the first series. I kind of have like a supporting role and that was just a great shoot. And then I think I want to say that the Thrones audition was a month after. Wow. Month after. Um and the Thrones, it's so funny. Spanish Princess Audition was like... Was a taste of the feudal reality that yeah, was... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was one. It was one audition. I thought it went terribly. I literally emailed my agent just being like, don't even check in on that one. I yeah. like, no, it's not for me. And then, and then got cast straight off that, which is so funny when you yeah. think about it. And then the Thrones thing, it was so funny. They said to me... I went in and I did a tape um, at a casting director's office. And then... Were you going in for the show when it was airing, actually? You know, I could see you, um, you in a million it would have been, Yeah, it would have been... The final series was going to air... The, the I'm trying to think. Yeah, 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. Walking end of 2018 now, and it was going to be 2019, the, the final se- series. Yeah. I was a huge fan of the original show. Yeah. And I even like read, read the books and everything. So I was oh. like, I, there's no way that I'm going to get this audition. And then went in for a recall, which was like a chemistry read with some guys. And I get in there and there's like 10 people in the room. There's like the showrunner, the the producers, wow. like execs from HBO, like the whole shebang. Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the prime minister. Yeah. Like, Barack Obama. <laughs> and the interesting thing about that audition was that I was so, I like could not even imagine getting that job. I was like, there's yeah. no way I'm going to get the job. And so I just didn't give a fuck. I was like completely balls to the wall, everything. I just did whatever like came into my head. I just played. I had the best time. And it was so funny. They told me afterwards that I'd already got the job off my tape. No way. They were like, did you not know that you got the job already? Oh, well, we already cast you, but we, and I was like, Ooh. that's amazing. Um, yeah. And it's really funny. I left. This is so, th- okay. This is a good thing. Cause this will, this will hopefully make people feel better about themselves. I, when I left that audition, I went to my favorite crystal shop. I got a gold stone, which is like a, it's like for career success or whatever. Yeah. And I slept with it in the palm of my hand for a week after that audition until I heard that I had got the role. And then I know that's like the weirdest, nerdiest thing, but I was like, no, not at all. Any placebo that I can use to make me feel better and make me feel like I have some kind of control in this process will be amazing. And at the time, a friend of mine, one of my best friends who I went to university with, Emma Corrin, she was auditioning to play Diana in The Crown. 
And the day before she went for her final Diana audition, I gave her the crystal. And I was like, it worked for me for Game of Thrones and hopefully it'll work for you. And when she, when they offered it to her in the room, she like had it in her pocket. I'm going to uh, need you to send this to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> for me to like make the rounds because it's good juju. Like, it's yeah, for great. real. It's some real yeah, Game of Thrones yeah. shit right there. <laughs> like just all, it was all... It was just a crazy process, but yeah, got the job. Got the Amazing. Job. <laughs> well, then talk to me what we're here to talk about. The Spanish princess, Meg Tudor. Is, is that a fun character for you to dig into? It's honestly been the most incredible process. Like, And I was very aware that she's not someone who people know a lot about. So it's yeah. really exciting to me to think that I will be the person to tell her story probably for the first time in like a yeah. mainstream TV show. And so this I, is airing Monday. So last night, so viewers, your your husband just Oh uh, yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so Meg's in a dark place. <laughs> Meg's in a dark place and I was playing a mother for the first time. Yeah. And that was a huge I mean, I'm obviously not married either, but I getting my head around that idea of my husband's dead. I'm the I'm now the queen regent of a country. Yeah. And I have to protect my kids because they are now inherently in danger given like your sister and in court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just such again, it was such a crazy education just on the spot. Sometimes we would have nine kids on set because there were so many kids in the show all under the age of nine, some toddlers, some babies. And Meg is always getting off a horse or like in the middle of a screaming match. She is just, everything is a hundred miles an hour. And it was so much fun to commit to the stakes of that and just really be in this crazy roller coaster, like romp through Scotland. Um, it was. It's just been the the most fun job. Oh, you guys and filmed it, it in Scotland. We didn't. We didn't get to film uh, it actually in Scotland, which is probably good because I would have scared everybody with my. Bad- <laughs> that um, was great. Yeah. What, but- <laughs> was it a fun film though? I mean, just. I mean, obviously the sets are amazing and the amazing. It was fun, and I it was so fun, and it is the best cast. We all just absolutely adore each other, and I was working with some really amazing Scottish actors. I was working with my my scene partner in a lot of the show is Andrew Rotney, who's yeah. an incredible Scottish actor, and I had seen him on stage when I was younger and not known it was you know him, and like wow. that we worked together, or whatever. So that was so exciting, and he's just awesome. Um, but it was challenging. It was a challenging shoot. Yeah. It was. I mean, you'll see people will see when they watch the series that every scene, it does not let up. Wow. And Meg goes on such a journey um, through the course of the show, but it felt just incredible to be so worn out. It felt yeah. like I was so, t- I was so tired, but I was having the best time. And those are the really amazing jobs. The jobs where you like get to the end of the day and you're like, Dude, I have worked. Today. Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. exhausted. You don't and- need to take a sleeping pill. You yeah, just yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funny, well, actually, the funniest thing about about doing that job is that I have like terrible insomnia. So me too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 My Xanax so- prescriptions right yeah, there. To my- <laughs> and it's so crazy when you're working on those jobs because the call times are so early for the hair and makeup. Oh, because so- you have to get in those period pieces. The whole like dresses everything and the wigs and 
I would just like look at my clock and it would be like three in the morning. I'd be like, I have to get up in an hour and a half. (laughs) But you're also just having the best time on the job and it's so worth it. And And you're walking around those castles and churches and all these incredible occasions and you're like, this is my job. Like I'm getting paid to do this. Like I, how insane is that? Like we really do have the best job in the world. It is the best job. Yeah. That's I know it's, I know it's shit as well sometimes, but no, totally. But uh, you know, for the American audience listening, I'd love to ask you a question because I think it's one of the most profound differences in in entertainment culture between the UK and the U S is in America, we mythologize our, our working class and it seems like in the UK, they mythologize the aristocracy and like mm-hmm. something like Peaky Blinders was maybe the first to kind of invert that. Do you find, you know, like, uh, would, would you find interest in doing American projects that are different from a lot of the other things yeah. that you've done? Absolutely. And I've been re- it's really funny you say that because, yeah, I think Peaky Blinders was a really great main main in the mainstream. I mean, I. I mean, I always go go back to like Ken Loach. I think that Ken yeah. Loach has really shone a light to the the British working class. And I remember, I think I saw Kez when I was like ten years old, and I was wow. just being like, "This is this is filmmaking." Yeah. Um, but I I I've been really lucky to make uh, two two American independent films. And I one with Ella Purnell, the the music festival. Uh, one, no one. The Ella Purnell was that was that was actually a, a British indie. Oh, uh, okay. One, so one was called The Sisterhood of Night, which I made with uh, Cal Penn and Kara Hayward. Which okay. Is, um, and then the other one was was Perfect Sisters um, with Mira Savino, and uh, I love I love that world. I think that American independent film is so exciting and um, and also just so different to, um, you know, the world of Narnia doing those films, just being in Narnia for all that time was, was a real education. And, and yeah, I think there's so many differences between, between like the English mainstream and the American mainstream. And I think with like, um, with streaming, um, TV now, yeah. there's kind of this this meeting of everything because you know, yeah, like a show like Luther, you know, like, both like Luther, yeah. yeah, or Succession, which is yeah, a, it's an American show, but it's made by British creators mostly, and it has this really kind of um, Shakespearean British Shakespearean British yeah. humor, and I mean, it's the guy who made Peep Show. Like, it's like when you put those two things together, it's like, how does that work? But like, of course, it works because. Yeah. I think that when you find that sweet spot between, you know, English culture, American culture, like that's, that's the good stuff. That's the really good stuff. Well, we need to get Georgie and Ryan on season three of Succession. Yeah, basically. Like start swearing at each other yeah. and like, we'll be fine. For that's sure a mi- meeting. Well, oh I God. know you said you couldn't talk too much about it, but final few questions here. What, what's in store for you next? Yeah, so I, um, I mean, it's obviously been a weird time with that, with the global pandemic that we have yeah. found ourselves in. Um, but I can definitely feel the wheels are starting to turning with like auditioning, um, which is exciting. And then, so I don't have anything lined up acting wise actually. And then, but it's been really great to be developing, yeah, to be developing my show, and also have some other writing projects in Amazing. the world, which is exciting. And this time has been really good to 
to have time to work on that stuff. That's yeah. been, been really useful, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I hope that next year is going to look a lot more different to what this year has been. I think, I think it is. I'm, I'm manifesting it and, and we're putting it out there. And yeah, it's yeah. so nice to be able to talk about Spanish princess and that's out for the next week. We're doing weekly episodes and that's yeah. kind of nice to do it old school in that way. Cause I feel like I'm, Kind it of keeps the dialogue going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So That's nice. amazing. And then final question, you know, Georgie, I, I, I don't mean to ask you about having on, but, you know, for, for all the actors around the world listening that just, you know, maybe are in a theater group and maybe aren't and just want to, you know, get in this, any, any words of wisdom you would have for them? Oh, my goodness. I imagine they would probably have more words of wisdom for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... I would say that you you have to accept that it it's going to be hard. I think that's the best thing you can do yeah. because once you accept that you are going to have moments of rejection and and disappointment, then you you won't have that massive kind of crushing sense of delusion. You'll yeah. be able to accept it, to like metabolize it, to like learn something from it hopefully and just like go on to the next adventure. Like I it was, uh, I think Brian Cranston's book that he has on acting. He said that the day that he stopped seeing auditions as a means to an end and just started seeing them as an opportunity to act. Yeah. That was the day that everything changed for him because it was like, I am out of work. And so I get to have this audition and perform to these people. So it is an opportunity for me to do the thing I love the most, which is act. Yeah. And that in itself is the, the the best thing about it. And that's been really freeing because I think that it's really good to dream big. And I yeah. absolutely think people should. I mean, I am a perfect example of the fairy tale happening. And yeah. I can't believe that I get to say that, but it's well, true. I think we need um, to create an Instagram account for this gold stone, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. I just pass it around. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, Emma still has it, so let yeah. me. Uh, you might have to send it my way because yeah, you know it's, yeah, it's yeah. bleak over it. We'll, we'll get it over the Atlantic Ocean. I had so much fun with you. You're amazing, and oh, I would love that. Yeah, uh, is, is there any way people can stay in touch with like your writing and what's up with you? What's the best way? The Instagram? best way is to keep your eyes on the skies, people. It's all, really, it's all gonna be happening. No, I'm on um I'm on social media and stuff, but. I'm really hoping that soon, I really hope that I get to make my own work soon and that, and that those things come together. Um, and until well, when then, you need an American, you know who to, who to, Oh call. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we'll 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 yeah, yeah. we've got to put together our succession. Self-tale. Yeah, yeah, That's, totally. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, Georgie, I love you so much. When, <laughs> when, when you do your short, let me know, come back on. I got so much love for you. The Spanish princess. Let me articulate this right for the the world. Yeah. On Amazon prime in the UK and other countries in Europe. Um, And then on the stars channel, in America. I know that you were going to do it and I totally sandbagged you and I'm sorry. You probably no, could have no, you, I'm, I'm glad you did it because you, you know <laughs> it. Georgie, this is such a pleasure. I'm sending you so much oh, love. I'm and, sending you love too. Thank and, you. And let's do it again soon, okay? 100%. All right. So much love. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.